0: You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. David, how, how excited were you when the bench came out and just started cleaning up against the Spurs? On Wednesday night,
1: shout out to franchise player Shabaz Muhammad. Shabazz Muhammad, <laughs> Muhammad. Uh, bringing the noise. Seriously, actually, like his best fellow basketball of the year. That late first quarter, early second quarter, where the bench led by some good shots. Boz's first three of the year. is probably the best assist I've ever seen Baz have. Um, just on a driving, driving. Find Carl Anthony Towns under the basket for an easy, easy deuce, and just really the the energy of that second unit. I think Tibs Tibs literally said after the game the bench saved us, as, talking about the team. And really, like while the starters did put it away in the second half, that was a lot of credit for stabilizing and pushing the Wolves into the lead. Just the ben, that bench lineup using Boz and Tyus Jones, Jamal Crawford, and the Money Biles stuff.
0: I tweeted out at halftime that. Shabazz was the best shooter on the Wolves through one half, four for four shooting a hundred percent. It felt like I was in old like a a different universe. It felt like there was some kind of time warp and I had fallen into a loophole or something. It was crazy. It
1: every now and we know this because I mean, man, how many years has Buzz played for the Timberwolves at this point? It's this is year four or five. This is year five in Minnesota for Buzz, and. We know that there are nights where Boz is feeling it and then the shots go in and he looks really good and scores a bunch of points. And it wasn't a bunch, but the nine points he did have were very important. And like you said, it was all four of his all four of his shots went in, things worked, he was efficient, he was not a black hole. He hilar my hilarious stat from last night, which I did use on yesterday's Wolves Wired, is in Boz's twelve minutes on the floor against San Antonio the team had a 176 offensive rating.
0: My goodness, which is
1: which is a little absurd and hilariously small sample size. But that is <laughs> that is what I preach because I think small sample size stats are hilarious.
0: You gotta go after those tiny sample size stats. You betcha. <laughs> so obviously, the bench was a huge part of them getting back into this game. The second quarter, they had they outscored the the Spurs 39 to 19. Uh, outside of the the bench playing really well, obviously you had Carl Anthony, Anthony Towns going for 26 points, 16 re- without, rebounds on his birthday. I, I've never done anything that impressive on my birthday. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to the listener.
1: Uh, like I've done some things on my birthday that involve large numbers of stuff, but usually doesn't involve basketball.
0: <laughs> you were just counting. That's what it was. You were just yeah, counting. I a...
1: counting, counting real high. <laughs>
0: so what else uh, what else impressed you from the from the timberwolves game outside of their bench performing admirably
1: it, you have to talk about the defense like you have to talk about man, not that just doesn't fall an individual it's their team defense was the best we've seen it all year it's it's the potential that we know this team can have if it functions on all cylinders. They held the Spurs to 86 points over four quarters, never let them score more than 24 in a quarter, which was the first quarter, and just played smart, con- well-contained basketball the whole night. And that's like, it was, it was a mature performance and it was a Tibbs win. Because this is the kind of game, 98-86 to 86 final score, one on the back of your defense, not necessarily needing to run a huge ton, slow-paced game like th- which the Spurs will always do to you, but they it was ground out on the back of good team defense and smart basketball, and so that's like it was it was the most mature performance on the, on a team-wide level that I've seen all year.
0: It's kind of like have you ever have you ever had a dog, David? Yeah. So it's kind of like when you have a puppy and you're trying to get it to go outside and every once in a while just every once in a while it'll go outside and you're just so excited and for the like the rest of the week it pisses on the carpet but that one time it went outside i feel like that's where we're at right now with the minnesota timberwolves defense like they'll have really bad games they'll lose to the suns they'll they'll win with their offense but every once in a while you'll get that really great defensive performance that they had against the spurs and and just it, they become More, more consistent, more consistent on defense until that's just a standard. But right now, you just got to appreciate that it happens every once in a while.
1: Yep, and that's like that's the thing we have to start expect looking at long term. We obviously, you and I on this podcast focus a lot on some single game, looking at what's next, looking at what just happened, but looking at looking at the big picture for this team is just we have to start seeing consistency on both ends of the floor, but particularly on defense, we have to know. Like you wanna go into a matchup knowing what to expect. And at this point, like we we don't know. There's so little like the last time you and I talked was before the Phoenix game and that just that just throws so much into question. So now we walk into looking at Dallas looking at Dallas coming in tonight and it's like what do we know that they're gonna out there and just run the show. Do we know they're going to not give up 130 points to Dennis Smith jr. Alone.
0: And (laughs) like, he should definitely be rookie of the year. Then if that happens,
1: Yeah, that would be pretty good. Uh, But, but it's one of the things that's just like, it, it, they've shown the good, they've shown the bad. We need consistency, probably somewhere in the middle, because that's where this team's probably going to end up. But we, they need to just be consistent.
0: So it, one of the things that was really impressive about the defense was being able to turn the ball over or force San Antonio to turn the ball over that 16 turnovers. I think they came into this game averaging, what was it, 13.8 or something like that turnovers a game. And the the fact that they're able to force 16 turnovers and uh, only they only had seven, I think was a really big part of this game and just staying clean. That might be the first step really for the, the Timberwolves on both sides of the ball is just being really careful and consistently disciplined with the basketball, and it's something we haven't seen in all their games. The Suns game definitely comes to mind for that, but it's definitely another encouraging trend that you can take from this game.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's and it's another thing is when you look at the stat sheet, you see the 16 turnovers, and you look at, like, well, does somebody on San Antonio just have a really bad night, and it's, no, across the board, three turnovers for Gasol, three for Aldridge, two for, like, five different guys. It was every single person doing their part, every single person finding moments to force turnovers and moments to take a charge or get a hand in there and force the ball out of, out of possession or one thing and another. And I, I do think that, that was really good. And then the point about only having six turnovers, six, I've only got six turnovers for them, which is ridiculous. He gets six turnovers alone himself in the Phoenix game. so I I totally agree it's it's a huge thing and again you see that with the the more mature veteran teams in the league is that they typically tend to be less turnover prone and I think that just with the setup the wolves have, have winning the turnover battle could be a really really huge thing for them if they can do it consistently
0: I also before we before we jump over to the the Dallas Mavericks game I I really loved how consistently Towns played in a matchup where you knew it was going to be physical and he struggled with some of those over the course of this season and you saw him struggle with those last season. I really liked how he came and just wanted to defend the home court and played really physical had the, the 16 rebounds. He had six offensive boards, which I thought were really big for the team as well. But then 26 points. I, I thought he played really well. Obviously, shooting two for two from downtown is, is nice, but I thought just in general against LaMarcus Aldridge down by the paint, he played really solid and, and made a really good showing of kind of coming back from that week one performance.
1: I was going to say, you, have, you think back to that week one performance where Aldridge just took him to the cleaners, and it's very <laughs> reassuring to see him be able to, in the same matchup, featuring basically the same players on both sides, have a much better individual showing against Lamarcus. Lamarcus only shooting five for fourteen from the field. Really wasn't much of a factor in the game at all. And and then on the offensive side with with Carl Anthony having 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 to, and by that I mean sometimes getting to deal with Paul Gasol, who cannot guard him at the age that Paul Gasol is right now. It just it was a really advantageous night for towns and I mean he get, he gets 20 and 10 every night like it's his bread and butter but this was this was the night where he did exactly what he needed to do in a beneficial of matchup
0: so great overall performance from the Timberwolves over the Spurs uh, definitely hopefully the the trend is that the defense is starting to really really click and find itself uh, did you have any other before we head out to the Dallas Mavericks game? Did you have any other any other tidbits from this game? Any anything interesting you wanted to share? Any anything that stood out to you?
1: Um, I I will once again say that Nemanja Vlasic is really really good. Finally got more than twenty minutes. Very well deserved. Played really well. Shot the ball well. Five for nine from the floor. Eleven points. Team high plus fifteen on the night. Uh, keep feed this man. Get him more minutes. Let's keep seeing what he can do because he's Bielica as an important dif, differentiation from what Taj can bring you. Taj has been arguably one of the best players the team's had this year, just in terms of he's definitely been their best player on defense. But uh, I think that Bielica can bring you some interesting different things, and he just keeps coming in night after night after night and being one of the better players on the floor for them, which is so good to see. So I'm just, I'm happy about that. I want to keep seeing what he's got.
0: It's encouraging. I, I love Jay Crossover, don't get me wrong, but it's encouraging that he doesn't have to be the only player on the bench to really produce a huge number for them to to have a good night for their bench. You know, that's that's how mm-hmm. it kind of felt the first couple of weeks where if if Jamal Crawford didn't have 17 points then the bench just wasn't going to do anything for the Wolves. Now you've got a bunch of guys contributing, and Bealiza is one of those other main guys who can contribute and give you solid minutes off the bench, and he has looked solid these last few games out. Boz actually scoring makes Touch. That helps difference. a lot too. It may,
1: well, but that's the thing, is right on these nights when Boz actually has it, things can go really, really well for the Timberwolves because it it comes so it feels like it comes so rarely these days.
0: Well, and Tyus Jones looked really good too. He had the the four assists as well. Or I think I think that helped as well, just to have him facilitating more offense instead of just standing over uh, over on the side and waiting for the ball to be passed to him to throw up a shot.
1: Tyus and Towns getting to play to together looked really, really good. It really that's, did. That's the. It wasn't for. It wasn't for that much, but they have clear chemistry, and this team just looks good when Tyus Jones is on the floor. That that's a very eye test thing, but they look good when Tyus is playing. <laughs> there's there's not is. a
0: huge amount of stats to back it up, but it it just looks good to the eyes.
1: Yep, it's it's a super duper eye test thing, but there it is. <sighs>
0: Alrighty. later on in the show. I'm We're gonna actually predict some scores I'm gonna force David to to pick some scores for this game, but right now let's let's dive into the the Dallas Mavericks matchup Uh, The first the first time they played Dallas. It was it was never really a contested game There was never any time during the game where at least for me I felt like the Timberwolves were gonna be in trouble or or have any problems beating the Mavericks now They're on the road in Dallas This should be. I know we were sitting here saying this about the Suns game, but this should be the an easy game for the Timberwolves, right?
1: This is the exact problem because, as I said earlier, the last time I was on was previewing the Phoenix (sighs) game, and you walk in, it's a team who is bottom five in the league in offensive rating, bottom five in the league in defensive rating, bottom five in the league in points per game. Like it's. It's the same thing, except for the fact that we've seen this matchup before, and we know that it looked pretty gosh darn good for the Wolves the first time. Like, and Dallas is just not very good. Dennis Smith They Jr. just is really smart. aren't. They're two and thirteen on the year. The worst. I think that might be the worst record in the NBA. On a th- currently <laughs> on a three-game losing streak, and they've been playing good teams. Like their last three losses are Cleveland, OKC, and the Spurs. But like. They're just—they are young. They're not good, th- and they're playing in a really difficult Western Conference. And this is just like it's another one of those games where you look at it, and you look at all the stats, and you're like, "This should be a runaway victory for the Minnesota Timberwolves." Like,
0: well, and people—I think sometimes people will take a game out of a little bit out of context. Like they—they held—they held the team together. The Dallas Mavericks did a little bit when they were playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think that was. Uh, I think that was on Monday they were playing them, but they w- were hanging with them for two quarters, two and a half quarters, and then they just fell apart at the end of the third quarter and the fourth quarter. And it's even if this team is playing well, they just don't have the roster to sustain it throughout an entire game, much less uh, a series of games. And so this this should be a team that the Wolves can beat, not only because they're better, but just because the Timberwolves have so many times where you see like. Towns really have a great first and second quarter and then you have Teague with a great third quarter and then you have Wiggins finishing off the game with a great fourth quarter. This The, the Wolves have so many guys who can play really well and at really different times throughout the game and the, the Mavericks have guys who can play well. Dennis Smith Jr., one of my favorite players to watch, but they don't have a guy who can play the entire game or they don't have a guy who can really pick up the slack when a guy who's been playing well starts to fade in like a fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right and when like Dirk is still Dirk and can do still do some of the things that he does, but there's a reason that he's fifth on the team in minutes. He's thirty nine years old. And I mean, the fact that he's still shooting like as well as he is from the field and from everywhere is he he's one of the greatest players the league's seen. That's
0: Yeah, it's just a testament player, to how good he is.
1: But he's thirty nine years old and there are things that he just can't do. So when you have that and then like with, with, with DSJ, he's been tons of fun. He's a, he's great to watch. He's a playmaker. He's going to be so good for years to come. He's 20 years old. He's a rookie. He's played in 13 games. Like mistakes are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. Dallas's bench is just atrocious. Like, <laughs> and they're not playing arguably one of their best talents. I was just Noel. about to get to that. <laughs> I was going to say like the fact that Noel can't get minutes for this team for whatever is going on between him and Rick Carlisle just is insane to me. Like you have to even at least be showing off to other teams, what you might have, if not finding out what you might have for yourself.
0: I feel like we should have seen this coming when they were having the weird, the contract talks and none of them were working out. And then they just ended up doing the, the one year, what was it? $1.4 million deal Good. for, well,
1: yeah.
0: and so I, I felt like we should have seen co- this coming, the problems that they're having, but it's just when you're as bad as the Mavericks and your best defensive player for sure your best def- defensive player, maybe even the best player just because he can still do things on offense is not playing that's that's got to drive the fan base nuts
1: yeah and like he he started games early in the season for Dallas and just has gone from starting to let's see when's the last time he played. I know he played in a couple of just DNP CDs the last couple of days.
0: He played against the Spurs earlier this week for four minutes, four Boy. minutes fifty-seven seconds. They let him play after they had him out for, I believe it was a week, wasn't it? They didn't let him even touch the court. I. It was. It was about It was about a week. I, I believe it was. A,
1: it was a stretch of time because yeah, he didn't play in the Cleveland game at all. Yeah, and then, like he's gotten five minutes or less in the last four games for Dallas, which is, man,
0: that's just, that's borderline I, I don't of crime. I understand
1: it. Like there's gotta be something, something weird. That's going to come out more later for that. And fa- far be it from us to speculate too much on that. Cause I like, I think, I think Noel is at the very least an interesting player who someone is going to give some amount of money to next year, even if he just doesn't play the rest of the year. But for him to just not be getting anything at all on what is a lost season for Dallas. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like
0: it is nearly the same situation as Jaleel Okafor right now.
1: Which is so ironic in so many ways. <laughs> like that's so so strange.
0: Uh, yeah, I I and I, I don't know what's going on in the locker room. Maybe he maybe he's truly terrible in the locker room and in practices, but Gosh, he must be doing something just awful. But anyways, going on to the guys who will actually see floor time in this game, outside of DSJ, there's not really anybody that scares me. Uh on when you're looking at the the players that the the Mavericks have, really if if Wiggins shows up, Butler's obviously gonna play really solid defense. If Wiggins shows up and takes away a second player, there's not a third score on this team to really hurt. The the Timberwolves.
1: Yep. How many scores does Phoenix have, Colton?
0: <laughs> you know what? You're just you're you're right. You know what? We should be really worried about this Dallas Mavericks team. They're gonna turn things around. This could be the sleeping giant hey that the NBA wasn't ready for. Last time. You're right. We did. No, you're absolutely. I can't even argue with you because we burned. We got burned. Like- <laughs> we sat here and basically just talked about how Phoenix should be trading. Various pieces to try and do things, and then they they beat the wolves. So, yeah. What what is real? What is really going to happen? Yeah, because yeah, yeah,
1: that's the thing is like that. Sports are just a strange fantasy world that we get to speculate and talk about. And no one actually knows going to happen, which is why it's fun. Yes, the Timberwolves should actually absolutely run this game. I like Harrison Barnes. I've always liked Harrison Barnes. He's an Iowa boy. I am also an Iowa boy. I got all the love for him. But he's not a number one option on a winning team. I think that that's pretty clear at this point. He did I think he was fine in his role on Golden State. Obviously, like he played on a really, really great team and won a title. But I, I've never been able to see him as a number one option and just like if he gets, if he gets shut out of this game, like I think, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's, we, we know what should happen.
0: We do, and th- I really feel like this is another game where I, last game they played. Towns had thirty-one points, twelve rebounds. I feel like this is another thirty and ten night for Towns because there's not really a guy in the middle without nerland's Noel that can that can slow Towns down.
1: Yep, it's pretty simple. Like <laughs> we we saw it against San Antonio. Uh, he went out twenty-six sixteen. Couldn't really get slowed down by Lamargus in this. And this front line for Dallas is even worse. So feed the big man. Let him cook. Let him run the show. Let's just see what happens. Like, should be a big night for Carl Anthony. If just they keep stacking up those numbers.
0: If they lose this game against Dallas, do the people just take us off the air? Do we just get mobbed? Or Because then then, then it's starting to be a trend for us, and then people will probably come after us. Well, it's, the
1: thing you have to say about it, if they lose, is it's, it's very Minnesota sports. <laughs> like it is like that was, that was I was I wrote I wrote the recap on some coverage of um of the Phoenix game I think yeah I did um and it just it felt like a 2016 2017 Timberwolves game in every way like which is not what we want to see or feel this year like this this was supposed to be a, a whole different team whole different setup whole different brand new target center brand new uniforms brand new all this I don't, and this new great roster with great players. They, they cannot keep going out and laying eggs like that. Like they just can't happen if they want to be a great team.
0: And geez, just down. I'm thinking back to that game against the suns, just down to even like the highlights in that game. It's just so stereotypical Timberwolves where you have like the really great dunk, the alley-oop to Butler, or you have the, the block, just to keep the fans interested and invested in the game, late into the game, but they're still giving away the ball way too much to actually win. Yep. Well they yep. they should they should win this game. Hopefully they will. Uh all the signs are there. Just towns just have a huge night. Just get fifty points. It'll be and it, and we'll be fine. Uh just a couple things before we head out here. Uh that I was looking at around the NBA. Did you see that the Houston Rockets dropped 90 points last night on the Suns in the first half?
1: In a half.
0: In Um, a half.
1: Speaking of the Phoenix Suns, who are a bad team, (laughs) yes, hello. Um,
0: In Chris Paul's return.
1: In a half.
0: James Harden had 33 points in one half, and they were shooting 61% in the first half from three.
1: Which, if I saw the stats right from last night, that tied for the second highest scoring
0: half in history I actually I actually looked this up the first the number one highest scoring half in history is the ironically enough Phoenix Suns yeah dropping 107 in 1990 on November 10th
1: yep and then I think it was Denver Denver Nuggets also scored in 90. I think 1992
0: it was yep and yeah I, I was I was actually pretty surprised that that wasn't even close to the first highest scoring half. Like, it was 17 points away from being the best in history or tying for the best in history. That's crazy.
1: Well, and 117, like, we say, the NBA is inflated in league-wide scoring, and it has. There are still plenty of teams who don't go out and score 117 in a game in 2017. Bulls. Bulls. Shout out to the Bulls. They're (laughs) speaking of really, really awful teams.
0: oh gosh I love man
1: like looking at the record is one thing Dallas looks really bad by the record you look at every other stat in the book and the Chicago Bulls are just a miserable awful team and it makes me sad because I love Zach Levine and I want him to be in a place that doesn't suck when he comes back from his injury
0: it's actually by the way how clutch is Zach Levine for signing a shoe deal before he starts playing basketball
1: he's marketable like (laughs) The the thing with Zach who like I I love Zach. I was the biggest Zach Levine fan in the world for almost his entire time in Minnesota. Uh, he's a great interview. He's a good dude. He plays attractive basketball to fans.
0: Well he's, he's a walking highlight jump.
1: reel. He's a walking highlight reel and he's one he's just a good dude too. Like he's a great dude to talk to. He's great with media. He's funny, he's relatable, he's likable. Like He's if he can get anywhere near to being like starting on anywhere near a mediocre team ever in his career, he, he'll be a star in the league for the rest of his career, and he could be a perennial All Star if if he like if he's going out and scoring like 25, 26 points a night for somebody somewhere and dunking it on every highlight reel ever he'll be the, one of the most popular players in the league. Like,
0: yeah, I should, mean that's how you sign the the shoe deal. Honestly, is just because. They're basically saying, all right, we're betting on you going to the Slam Dunk Contest like two years out of the next six or something like that. Yep. And that's, yeah, I mean, he's he's a fun player to watch. Uh, Since we're talking about the Bulls, Markinen is looking better than I thought and is making my, my draft, my uh, mock draft look really bad for zone coverage. So I apologize to Tom.
1: Man, Markinen was just the easy guy to shade in the draft and everybody did it it wasn't just us it wasn't <laughs> just you like everybody shaded the mark and pick everybody was shading him as a prospect just because it's like we've seen the concept of what he is before and so many times it hasn't translated to the nba and so far he's looking really good which is awesome people did not bet on him and that's that's part of the draft is there are guys who you don't bet on who will always o- overperform like your your Draymond Greens, your second round picks to come out and actually do any literally anything in the league. <laughs> Get and minutes there will be at all, flops. and there will be flops. Like it always happens. Look at Noel and Okafor at this point. Like they were top three picks in a draft that now can't. Neither of them are getting minutes, and are both getting frozen out of contract situations. <laughs> well, like, I loved watching the draft, Noel draft college is too. An unpredictable beast.
0: <laughs> it is. It really is. Uh, one last NBA storyline before I let you leave, David is. Uh, Joel Embiid I I'm watching the Lakers game where he's putting up 46 points and 15 rebounds and I think now even even though he has the injury history because he's it looks like he's starting to reach into his ceiling already even even so young into the season I think I'm starting to feel a lot better about that that contract that he signed over the summer it looked bad a little bad over the summer I I thought it did at least, but now it seems like even with the injury risk, this is starting to really pan out for the 76ers.
1: Well, and the thing with that contract that was an acknowledged risk of it is we know the injury history. We've seen it. It's been the entire story of his career so far. The thing is, also last year we've seen exactly how good he can be, which is like ceiling is like best player in the league by clear margins best player in the league that's his ceiling and the Sixers bet on him and that's looking like a really smart bet right now even like I don't think I could I was always on the on the approval of Max Embiid because you do not want to see him play elsewhere and do what he's doing in Philadelphia like that's when if you let him get away and he does anything ever your franchise is a joke (sighs) That's the problem. Like, you have to max that kind of kind of ceiling. You have to do it. And I'm glad that he's showing out. He's he is the next, like, super duper extra huge league star in the NBA. Like, the next era could be the Joel Embiid era.
0: I think the most impressive thing is that he's averaging twenty three points and eleven rebounds, and for the first two weeks of the season, he was on heavily controlled minutes. Like he just started averaging over Over like 22 minutes per game.
1: I was at the game when the Wolves played in Philadelphia last year. And if you haven't, like, and B's one of those, like, I went to, I think, seven games last year and kept following the team on the road. And B's one of those players that if you haven't seen him in person, you really don't grasp just how much bigger than everyone else he is. The man is enormous, and he's he's so skilled. Like, he was he was amazing in the game in Philadelphia last year in the limited minutes that he played. And now that he's starting to get the leash rolled back a little bit, we're really starting to see the potential of what he could be unleashed.
0: Well, it's crazy too when there's when he's playing a team like when he was playing the Rockets, I think it was week two, and Clint Capella was the only guy who could really stay with him because Nene isn't that fast. And Capella just didn't have an answer for the moves that Embiid was pulling on. And he, he's just standing there and he fouled Embi- Embiid like twice in like a three minute span because he was tired of getting spun on and, and getting shot over. And there's just nothing, there's literally nothing he could do to slow Embiid down. And then they pulled him out later because they were on the control minutes still. And it's just like, wow, he could win this game against the Rockets, a really great team, almost by himself just because they have no answer. They have no answer for him.
1: Yeah, and it there aren't very many answers for him in the NBA, if there are any.
0: No, there's really not. And it's fun to watch him play, and And the contract is looking really good for the 76ers now. So. It's fun to
1: watch him play, and it's fun to just watch him be Joel Embiid in every way. He is he's a like, great character. He's the funniest guy on social media <laughs> in the league. He's a fun dude. I'd imagine he's probably great with the media. Like, he's just, you want to watch him 24-7, not just in the basketball times. Shirley Temple's and all.
0: (laughs) I was just about to say, I want to love something as much as Joel Embiid loves Shirley Temple's.
1: Shout out to the Shirley Temple. Underrated beverage.
0: Shout out to the Shirley Temple. All right, you have any uh, any articles coming out this week, anything you're working on?
1: I don't think I've got anything in particular coming out this week. Um, With the Thanksgiving holiday coming up, I don't have any big projects in the wheelhouse that I can think of. But I, I do have. If the Timberwolves manage to go out and get a couple of wins in their next few games, I have some, I have some stats prepared for if they manage to ever get uh, six or seven games over five hundred for
0: the first time in a
1: few years.
0: I like it. He's teasing out stats, ladies and gentlemen. I love it. I've done my research on this, and I'm prepared. <laughs> That's the kind of professionalism that the zone coverage staff brings. Each and every day. You
1: betcha. Also, <laughs> listen to Wolves Wired. Listen to both of the podcasts. You don't listen to enough Timberwolves podcasts. Listen to all of them, twenty-four-seven.
0: That's just a true fact. And go out and uh, and on the zone coverage. We'll have the game preview and the and the the recap tonight. Somebody will be writing it for zone coverage. So check that out on the website. David, thanks for coming on. Pleasure, Colton. Take care. That's been another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.